Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This month, I've been in the city of Memphis, eating some barbecue and seeing a ton of ridiculous trauma on my trauma rotation. And so, sticking with this theme, over the next several episodes, we're going to be talking about different types of trauma starting with today's case. University Hospital, Delta 7 Med Flight, Henry with a trauma alert. We have a 19-year-old male patient with an unrestrained driver and a head-on collision with ejection. Patient intubated on scene, currently BP 200 over 140, pulse of 110, showing good end tidal waveforms. Pupils are unequal and fixed. Glucose is 140. Skin is pale and clammy, showing sinus stack on the monitor. Patient is boarded and collared at this time. Flight time to your facility is approximately 10 minutes. Lots going on here, but unrestrained driver, blown pupil, sounds like a bad head injury probably. In ATLS, this is primary survey, letter D, disability, head injury. The most important thing to remember from this episode is your imaging. CT scan without contrast. We'll get into when to order this in a bit, but the CT scan without contrast is the most important test for one big reason. It highlights blood. Blood turns up white on a CT head without contrast. It's easy to see, and that is why it's your primary imaging of choice in head injury patients. Now, our approach. First, think through your differential diagnosis, outside to inside. There's a big five. Skull fractures, epidural hematomas, subdural hematomas, subarachnoid bleeds, and then the parenchyma itself, especially concussion. Those are your big five diagnoses. Let's go through each of these. Skull fractures. Obvious external ones first. If you see an open fracture, this is obviously a huge problem because of infection. These patients need antibiotics. But also consider your anatomy here. Remember the middle meningeal artery right on the side of the head? Fractures here are commonly associated with epidural hematomas, so you're looking for obvious fractures. But hang with me. We're not done yet. What about the base of the skull? The skull is a box that holds your brain, and it's easy to only think of skull fractures as the visible ones, the sides and the top of the box. But do not forget about the bottom of the box, the ones behind the patient's face. These can cause all sorts of problems as well. Vascular injuries, dirty sinuses, now in contact with the brain and that sort of thing. We're going to get more into that in a bit. Keep moving deeper. Epidural hematomas. Most commonly caused by pulsating bleeds of the middle meningeal artery that builds up and builds up between the skull bone and the dura. These are the ones that look like these high-pressure footballs on CT scan without contrast. Classically, patients will lose consciousness, wake back up, and then if you don't catch it, herniate. 
subdural hematomas. This is the one that results from tears in the bridging veins that connect your brain to your dura. Now remember, this isn't an artery like with that nasty epidural hematoma. This is a slow venous bleed. It's shaped like a crescent on CT head without contrast. And because it's so slow, it can literally be asymptomatic at first and then develop very subtle symptoms, then a little worse and a little worse over days and weeks. Patients with tiny brains, like elderly patients and alcoholics and surgeons, are the most prone to this because there is a lot more space for that brain to shift and shake and tear those bridging veins, causing a slow, subdural accumulation of blood. Traumatic subarachnoid hemorrhage. This is the most common traumatic bleed. On CT without contrast, you will see the white blood filling in the grooves and the nooks and the ventricles. Very common and very, very bad. And then last, the parenchyma. You can get intracerebral hemorrhages, contusions, hematomas, axon injury. But most commonly, you won't see anything on the CT without contrast at all, even though the patient has symptoms. That's a concussion. That's a mild traumatic brain injury. External and basilar skull fractures, arterial epidural hematomas, venous subdural hematomas, subarachnoid hemorrhage, and then the parenchyma, especially concussion, the big five. Next, really quick, get your history. There are three incredibly important questions that your attending wants to know. The specific mechanism, if there was loss of consciousness, and if the patient is on blood thinners or other antiplatelet medicines. Mechanism, loss of consciousness, blood thinners. Step three, exam. Three big things here as well. Glasgow Coma Scale, the GCS, pupils, and examining the base of the skull. Let's go through each of these. GCS is the most important because it's the primary way that we kind of categorize and monitor how severe the head injury is. It's a score that goes from 3 to 15, and it's calculated by a combination of when the patient opens their eyes, their speech, and their motor function. You're expected to know this, guys. 15 is normal. 8 is sort of this magical number when you need to consider intubation, and 3 is the worst. The pupil exam is also important. You will hear the phrase, blown pupil. It sounds like our patient today has this. What is this? It's especially common with epidural hematomas. The bleeding from that broken middle meningeal artery is pulsating and pushing against that temporal lobe. Eventually, the inside of the temporal lobe, the uncus, starts to herniate, and it pushes on cranial nerve 3 as it heads towards the eyeball. This nerve carries the parasympathetic fibers that constrict pupils. And when it starts getting shoved around, it stops working. And the pupil no longer constricts. It blows. A blown pupil means same side elevated brain pressure. In a setting of trauma, it means the brain is about to herniate until proven otherwise. Finally, you need to examine the bottom of that skull box, the basilar skull. How? You can't see it. How? 
look for four things. Blood behind the eardrum, called hemotympanum. Bruising on the mastoid behind the ear, called battle's sign. Bruising around the eye, called raccoon eyes. And CSF leak, persistent, clear fluid leaking from the nose or the ears. Those four findings are signs of skull base fracture. Last step. Calculate the Canadian head CT rule. I don't have time to fully go into this today. Look it up. You have to look this up. It's going to get you huge points if you're attending, if you mention this decision rule during your presentation. The Canadian head CT rule is 100% sensitive for brain injuries that will require surgical intervention. It tells you when to image. Write it down. And when you finally have the opportunity to slide it into your presentation, you will look like a rock star. It's called the Canadian Head CT Rule. That's the approach to head injury. Think through your differential. Ask about specific mechanism, loss of consciousness, and blood thinners. Examine the Glasgow Coma Scale, pupils, and for those four signs of basilar skull fracture, and then calculate your Canadian head CT rule. I hope you found this episode helpful. References are in show notes. Special shout out today to Mel and Jennifer and all of the other nurses and nurse practitioners out there listening. On behalf of med students and residents everywhere, thank you for all that you do. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.